All right, everyone, welcome to the 346th edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin here in Rip City, and I got my man Sage here, face pretty much shaved, baldy head, looking like a chubby golden child. I'm ready to talk about Scoot Henderson and our if if our top tens have changed, what has changed in it, and definitely th- some things have been moved around for me and then i have a num i have a new number 10 so i've got Very my excited to die. trailblazers dad oh shit in honor of all of the the dads out there uh this weekend for father's day obviously it's a important day for me my first father's day uh my team at work got me this coffee mug and it was really funny their reasoning they're like yeah you're a dad who likes the blazers but i also like to think that maybe you like you're on one of your sons is on the team and that's what the trailblazers dad stands for. So I thought that was pretty funny, especially because, you know, I'm 38 years old and I'm older than uh, every player on the team. Uh, finally, now that Carmelo has, has left. So, uh, uh Bro, it, it's, I'm, I, I'm almost, I'm sure I'm, I'm you're older than in there, on some uh, rosters. For you sure. and Dame are neck and neck, big dog. I think uh, Dame's older than me. Dame's older than you by like a year. I wait, wait, wait. Name was born in 1990. You were born in 1991. Fuck. Okay. So I didn't DJ PSU games as a freshman. I DJ PSU games as a junior because I saw rookie Damian Lillard. I DJ for rookie Damian Lillard, but I guess I was much older than I thought at that time. Shit, I am old. Uh, you are. You're old. You're old as you're old as hell. Uh, yeah. Just like I am. But... Not right now with a shaved face. I look like a hard 26. Yeah. I would say late 20s. Well, mid to late, mid to late. I'll give you mid to late 20s. Uh, yes, I wanted to, I pushed for this episode. I know you're dying to get the mock draft out. We will. But we have hyped up this man, Scoot Henderson, for so long. I mean, we have basically said treating him to the equivalent of Victor Webinyama. Like, if we if he's on the board, we're not trading him for damn near anyone. So we have, we have to do a future Friday on scoot henderson uh we will do that and then we are going to unveil our updated and final big board just a top 10 just a quick rundown uh just because there's so much variance and movement in both of our boards um even the day after we released it just because this class is so unconventional and i think there is a lot of bunching uh after the top two so we will get to that and then obviously draft is thursday we will do our best to get our mock draft out as soon as possible it will be a full first round mock draft uh those are always the funnest episodes of the year for myself to personally uh record but sage without further ado and the hardest for me to edit and master (laughs) (laughs) let's let's get into uh scoot henderson uh he is a 6-2 basically just a tank of a point guard. They have him listed at 195. He honestly looks just a little bit bigger. He is absolutely just built um, for a person of his age, uh, 19 years old, did not go to the combine to get his measurements. Uh, the ringer says he has a six, nine wingspan. Uh, we might have to take their word for it for, for just the, this purpose, but he does play bigger than his size. Um, Played at the G League Ignite. I think something a lot of fans don't understand. This isn't your average one and done high school prospect goes to college and now you're drafting. 
this kid has been playing professional basketball. And when I mean professional basketball, I, I'm not saying he's getting an NIL, NIL deal to play in the Big Ten. He is playing professional basketball. He's getting paid about half a million dollars a year for the G League Ignite. G League Ignite is the same court, the same length from three. You're going up against 28, 29, 30-year-old men. He played on the same team as Dyson Daniels last year. He's played with NBA caliber players. He played with uh, Leonard Miller. Played with City Sissoko. Like, he is playing with future and former NBA caliber talent. So this is a, if you're looking at a, a talent competition perspective, it's better than what Brandon Miller did at, at the SEC in Alabama. It's clearly better than the Thompson twins at overtime elite. Like, honestly, it's a little baffling to see so many people try to poke holes in his game because Sage, if he was a, a white European with the last name, like Henderson, he would be like the odds on, like we're taking this guy number one or number two. Like there's just, there's so much of a positive uh, stigma with young Europeans playing professional basketball, but because it's such a new concept for American born players to do it, and especially for two years, like Scoot has, um, I think you're, you're getting, he's getting knocked unfairly. Well, and I, I don't think people watch G league ignite or they don't watch G league period. So they don't watch G league, but the, Sage, they weren't watching. People weren't watching Luka Doncic play live either, but they took that his production as gospel because it was perceived to be better competition and Europeans to tend to play professional earlier, but he's just doing it as an American. And I think he is starting to, I think with his production at the, at the league level and this year and, and, and the upcoming years, he is going to change that perception that the G league is a great traditional path to take. And there are the benefits of doing so. And I think you're going to start to see players get boosted for going that route. But quickly, let's look at his statistics for, for this year. Played 25 games, uh, 30 minutes a night. Again, 48-minute games, not 40. Uh, 17.5 points shot, 44 from the field, 32 from three on about three attempts, 75 from the line, uh, got got to the line about three times a game. Uh, six and a half assists, five rebounds, a half a block, a steal, uh, 3.3 turnovers. And I think it's important to note that what the pros of playing at the G League, and there are some cons, right? I think when you go the traditional collegiate route, there's probably more of an incentive to like to win, right? You're playing for a national championship. But G League, there's not really a G League championship. You're really just there for development. And the G League is strictly a development team. And you're not really trying to build a roster. You're not trying to go out and win some midseason tournament. Um, it's strictly a development process to get you ready for the for the NBA. So I think there's even more to scoop because there's just not a lot of skin in the game. Like he definitely is a professional and showed up, but but I would say that he he took it another level with it. I, I would agree with that, but I, I still think like you can do that, but like it's it's not like you're playing, you know, Duke Carolina. Like there's not that pressure. And I, I think that's the one thing that I could see is like even in Europe there's pressure to win for those teams because you look at those crowds and, and they're going ham much larger and louder than any NBA arena. Like they take that shit seriously. The G league, you watch these highlights. There's like 1500 people in, in the stands. Um, there's just not the pressure to perform. 
I'm not worried that he's going to live up to the to the hype or the pressure is going to get to him. But I would say that is a perceived uh, and realistic knock on going the G League route. There's, you're not playing with any pressure. You're getting paid. You go out there. You're basically doing open runs and scrimmages um, similar to overtime elite. So that that's the one knock that I would say. Um, if we're looking at big boards, Tankathon has him at number two. The Ringer has him at number three behind Brandon Miller. Um, I would say that I do think his stock has taken a bit of a hit over the course of the year. I've seen people say some wild shit about Scoot. So, yeah, they I, do. I, because last year, Sage, we were hearing, OK, it's Wemby one, Scoot two. Scoot's going number one in like every other draft. Like you heard those names years in advance. Mm hmm. And you don't usually do that. Like we're not hearing names in advance of the 2024 draft class right now. Right. Like it just didn't, we didn't really hear the names in advance of the 2022 draft class. Like it was just like, we've heard these two guys, you know, percolating Mm -hmm. and marinating and simmering for quite some time, but whether it was maybe not the breakout year that people were expecting at the G league, or maybe Brandon Miller kind of burst on the scenes like, Hey, there's another guy over there that we now think could challenge Mm -hmm. scoot because clearly when is in his own category, and the ease of watchability for Alabama too it's has to, to be a factor. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, absolutely, it's easier for national people to watch. It's easier for casual people to watch. You can turn on the ESPN. He's right there, front and center. ESPN is not covering G League games. There's no highlights of that except so, for that win. Those two Wimby games. Yes. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would agree with that. So I don't, I don't think I, I've watched like five or six G League Ignite games, but it was never live. So like you know. I, like if someone has it on YouTube, I, I watched the Pelicans G League affiliate play them. Like, so th- there's not that. Oh my God, I have to watch G League Ignite play against the Warriors G League team. That's gonna take years and years and years for people, if to, ever, if ever, to normalize to. Hey, I gotta watch Scoot Henderson, or I have to watch Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga, two f- top ten picks play. I. It's just. It's just so different than the college or even the Europe. I mean, like the NBA TV broadcasted Wemby's games. They didn't do that for Scoot. So the, the ease of access for Jairus and, and uh, Brandon is just so much higher than the, the three players that did overtime or G league. Like I have to, like, I, I found them like weeks later f- trying to find the G League Ignite or uh, Overtime Elite, like, and then the Overtime Elites can't like the cameras are a weird comparison to what we're used to. So it's just like it's gonna take a long time for these prospects that you choose this way to earn money and become professionals to be on the same level as a Brandon Miller, which I think is silly. Let's talk about what he does well. I actually Scratch took notes that. this time. Scratch that. Not well. What he does elite because there are some things that he has that you just can't teach. Uh, I, I think he is first, let's just go to his body. Like he's ready to play in the NBA right now. Like he's, he's thick, he's muscular, he's wide. Uh, I think if Portland does draft him, clearly it's not ideal, but if, if Dame is staying and they have no intentions of trading him and you want to take the best player available, and that is Scoot Henderson, you can make it work a little bit better because he's just much more of a thick player than, than Anthony Simons. And he is so freakishly athletic and but he's also this is again a little cliche he's a little poetry in motion because he's so athletic but his body control is so impressed when he gets into the to the lane like he's able to explode and he can finish in in the bat of an eye but if he sees multiple defenders he's able to contort his body 
I mean, there's some clips going up against Wembenyama, like getting the shot off and finishing. So he's really strong at finishing uh, around the rim. And I don't think he gets enough credit for his mid-range jump shot. Like, I think I think the mid-range is a lost art. I was watching throwback highlights. Uh, Maximilian, who, who I follow on Twitter for a long time, does an excellent YouTube channel, put up a, a throwback uh, January 22nd, 2000, Blazers-Lakers. It's like, I'm definitely going to watch that. 20 minutes, and, like, there's not a ton of threes, but, like, there's some, like, but you've got, like, Pippen taking middies, Sabas taking middies, like, Kobe pulling up for, for you know, a 20-footer. Like, if you're a good shooter, that is a good shot. And sure enough, the score still ended, like, in the 90s. Like, it's not a, a huge... Um, this It also shows up. that he has touch, too. Like, he, he has have touch. So he's, like, he's, he's not 75... Anthony- he yeah. shoots 75 from the line, which mm-hmm. is, I think, a decent indicator. And he does have good form on his shot. So I am not concerned about his three-point shooting at all. Like, I think that's just going to take a little time. But again, he's also shooting these numbers. These aren't collegiate three-point mm. percentage. This is what he would shoot in the NBA because that's the exact same uh, dimensions. So that's not too bad if you're getting low 30s. Like, there's definitely room for improvement. But we're not talking about an amen level Thompson issue. shot, this yeah. shot, you know, mechanical issue that really needs a lot of honing in on. Like I, these workouts, the form looks great, the mechanics look great. Like he's able to get into a shot. He's he's so impressive, Sage. Like I, I mean, I'm not what player that he would ever face couldn't could stop him from getting to the hoop. I seriously doubt there was a single player that he's ever faced that would stop him from getting paint touches. So if nobody can physically stop you, why would you ever go away from, oh, I'm just going to bully my way to the paint or I'm going to outcraft you to the paint. I think that his shot is fine. The The fact that he can hit pull up middies plus his free throw, it shows that he has touch. So it's not like he's Anthony Black just, letting it spray i think that he does have touch it's just not it's not his strength his strength is paint touches that's what he that's what he's like pick and roll and isolation getting to the paint is what his bread and butter is going to be in every level he's ever played in like i think he's the best pick and roll guy in this draft and there's two really good pick and roll threats in anthony black and amen thompson Scooch is just better because he could score for himself as as well as as use the pick and roll to find other players. Like once he gets paint touches, his vision, like I know his athleticism is an A plus and the people that say it's a B don't watch him. But when he gets into the paint, his vision is so impressive to find shooters. It's it's better than Dame. It's 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 natural. It's I'm getting paint touches. If you can't stop me, I'm getting the stunk. But if you if you help, I'm hitting that corner shooter or I'm dumping it off to that big man. It, it Watching him initiate pick and roll, and you know this league is all about pick and roll, is extremely impressive. And who Jeter and that staff knows what the NBA is going to be. Like you see teams, elite college teams, not run pick and roll that much. G League Ignite knows where the game is going and helps scoot with his development on where it's going. Like we talk about a men Thompson needing to have that Jamie Moore air change up. Scoot's got that. 
he has his fastball. He has his changeup. He has his curve. He has his knuckle curve. What a, a slider. Like all of the strikeout pitches, he has it in playmaking. He has it in initiating offense. Like his bag is fucking awesome. Like you're talking about a point guard who slashes as well as a SAR and playmakes as well as a man in one body. That's fucking amazing. Like he he's the best pick and roll slasher finisher passer fucking a he's he, he's him <laughs> yeah he's his handle is is nba ready right now and i think one thing that's not getting talked about enough is when you watch him he has massive hands he's able just to palm the basketball almost like kobe or jordan or even Kawhi. like when you see them kind of like sidestep a defender and like they're standing in the triple threat position to the side and they've just got the ball extended he can maneuver the ball like that. And it, that is such an advantage because you can dot passes without having to bring your guide hand over and you're able to get the velocity. You're able to get the the accuracy. Like it just gives him another dimension for that floor vision. You mentioned his slashing ability. I think he can play off ball a bit because of his athleticism. You have to keep an eye on him. He does have off ball potential. Um, you know, just I, in a perfect world, you have him be your main guy. But if if he's a blazer, he's going to have to play some. Yeah, which is, why I think, why a lot of people are mocking him to Charlotte, because they say LaMelo can play a little off ball. I think Scoop can play a little bit of off ball. Um, it, it just makes it a lot of sense. I think he's there's more to the eye um, than, than what people are are, are seeing with, with with Scoot Henderson. I think you have to just dive a little bit deeper and see what's there. But the most impressive thing is not even on the court. It's not any physical trait. It, it's all mental. It's all uh, charisma. He just has it. He has that un- unquantifiable. It, it's not tangible. He has this it factor. He has this aura around him. Like he is a natural born leader. He has the will to win. Like he has every, every cliche that you want in a floor general. Like he has it. Just listen to his interview after that workout with the Blazers. He is so personable. He has just so much gravitas around him. Like there's the Brandon Roy, the Damian Lillard vibes just like drip off of this player. Like I watched a Players Tribune video with him and it was like I was watching License to Lillard 11 years ago. Like he is him like that. There's no underselling that. I know a lot of people throw that terminology out there a lot that there's no underselling that like he really has everything you want in the face of a franchise. Do I think Shaden Sharp has higher uh, talent? Yes. But I think Scoot Henderson would be the alpha would be the leader of that team he would be the one that is it's it's personality types too i don't how many times you shared more Kawhi and scoots more you know game alpha yeah yeah well it's you don't want to force if shaden's quiet you don't want to force him to do something he's not familiar with let him be Tim Duncan. Let, exactly. let him just rack up, you know, rack up everything. Look at Jokic. Jokic is not that personable. Like he's like, I'm just gonna chill. Like if you watched that the 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 trophy presentation after game five, he's just chilling in the back with his daughter. Like you've got like Jamal Murray, like Jamal Murray's like really boisterous. He's like feeling himself big time. Like he's cool with letting Jamal do his thing. He's just gonna go hang out in the back. The group photo, he's like all the way to the back and to the left. He's talking mm-hmm. about just wanting to go back and watch go his horses, mm-hmm. go to Serbia. Like 
that's just him. And they're not trying to change him. doesn't mean he still can't be the best player in the world. It just means you need a good mixture of personality types. And I, I just think scoot, he has it like mm-hmm. he, he has there's every he has been a professional for two years now. There's going to be no bullshit with him. You don't have to worry about his maturity. You don't have to worry about coaching him up for interviews. You don't have to worry about him fucking up off of the field, off of the court. Like Do you he, are you interested in for Brandon Miller's interview? I I can't wait. Yeah, but I, that, I would say I'm not going to draft a player based on how good their interview is or not. Because no, but it's, it's I think it's, it's, I think Kawhi Leonard would have been a horrible interview in 2011. Mm-hmm. And look how good he's been. So you have to, you have to take, you have to take and give, right? Like you can say, oh, this was a great interview. Like the Thompson twins are awesome at interviewing, but I'm not just going to draft them just because of that. I think it's a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, like Brandon Miller's going to have to talk about shit that no other player in this draft will ever have to talk about. So it's just going to be think, interesting to see what he's, how he communicates. I do think if they do draft Brandon, and you have Shaden five years down the line. Those are the, the faces of your franchise. You may have to go out and find more of a front facing leader yeah. for, for those, for those two. So I think that there is something uh, there. Um, but defensively, uh, I don't think we saw a lot from scoot. Um, I, think I mean, the, the six, measurables, net, I think the measurables be- are there. I, I think at the NBA level, I think he's going to be fine. I just don't think it really popped on, on tape. And I, I think really there's only a few prospects every year that pop on, on tape when it comes to defense. And it's usually because they're defensive specialists. Like, I don't think we ever see, there's not many two way defenders on, on tape, right. That they just not, not at this level right now, even Shaden kind of like you watch these guys at EYBL. They're just like, they're just kind of cool. And, but he clearly had showed potential as a defender at this level. So I think you just have to look at how does he move laterally? Does he have the will to be a good defender? Uh, how is he in intelligence wise? Can he grab like off ball concepts? Cause we've seen off ball take young players so long to, to uh, understand like how does he fight through screens? Like I think he has all of the traits that you want in, in a good defender. Is he ever going to be all uh Marcus smart? I probably mm-hmm. don't think so because of the burden he's going to shoulder offensively. And I think that's what you see a lot in today's NBA. There's not many first team, all six, all two guards. guards. Yeah, that are also first team all defense like that's what made Jordan just unreal because he was fantastic at both. But as long as he's a positive and sometimes maybe a po- a plus defender, you're you're going to be just fine with him. I don't think you're going to see teams hunt him like they would a Grady Dick. No, I don't no. think you're going to see uh, teams. I, I also think he has a lot of Damien in him in the sense that Dame's a good post defender. You're not going to be able to back scoot down like no, he's, he's too strong. Here's what I have as a note. He's a trunk. Like he is just a big tree. Like you're not going to uproot him. I, I, he just has the fire defensively to make up for lack of size. And, and so with the fire that he plays with, I don't have any real scare. I'm not scared that he's going to be bullied because of his strength and speed. So it, it's just the fire that he plays with that. I know that even though he has the weakness of being six, two in a, in a league where, you know, it's six four and above. Basically, is six two really that small for a point guard? I keep hearing that, and I'm just like, I, I get it if you're playing the two, but to me, that just seems like average point guard height. Like, honestly, well, he probably is going to have to guard some twos if if he's a blazer. He probably will have to guard some twos. Out of two, yes, I think that's yeah. undersized. But like, people are just saying, oh, he's only six two. I'm like, ah, oh, six two is like totally fine. 
Like Isaiah Thomas was five ten. Chris Paul, but, like, but five ten. Oh, yeah. Well, Chris Paul's just different. Like he, well, he actually we believe is, Scoot is just different. And yeah. He's got what three or four inches on him. So like I, I think the size is being completely overblown, especially in a draft where everyone is a, is a freak. He's a freak in his own right. In well, terms yeah, he's of- a he's an A plus athlete with the effort. It's just sometimes you wish he was six four, but I think that size is a little bit of a factor. But I don't I don't ever expect him to get hunted. It's just. It just isn't what he's in his DNA. He's just going to compete at a at a at a level. He he even said it like, you know, if I don't have, I'm going to give you everything. If I don't give you 110, percent I'm going to give you 120 percent tomorrow. And I think that the desire is just going to make him a at bare minimum a good defender. All right, let's just go floor and ceiling. What what do you have as a as a floor? I think he has a really safe floor. To to be yeah. honest. Man, that's a John Morant where there isn't a, a, a attitude problem. I don't like it's it, it. We're talking about an all-star point guard that's hyper athletic. So John Morant or uh, a, a good defending Russell Westbrook, like it, 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 it it's high either way. Yeah, it, it is really high. I was watching a ton of scoot uh, in preparation for this and. Uh, one of the the YouTube creators that I was uh, watching made a good comparison. Like body type, no, but placed out. He plays a lot like De- Deer and Fox. He's yeah. getting he's getting downhill. He is fast. He is pushing the ball. So I think if you like, maybe like a thicker Deer and Fox, <laughs> thicker, more athletic Deer and Fox. Uh, I think ceiling is. Probably D Rose minus the injuries, and well, that's an MVP. Like I, I think, I, I believe in his shot more than Derek too, and I think that his defense is better. Yeah, I think Derek also played in a different era, even yeah. though it doesn't seem like that long ago when he was the MVPs, like you know, 10, 11 years ago. But like the three, I think he has more gotten... craft than Derek too. Like just dribble craft. Derek didn't really have everything. Scoot no. has everything. Like if you're trying to wall him up on the baseline, he's going to use his side speed and dribble craft to get and straight line it. We're talking about an MVP quality caliber play, a Hall of Fame caliber player. Yeah, it's, it's, I think there's a lot of a, uh, a lot of Russ in terms of his personality. There's a lot of Russ in terms of just his vicious finishing around the rim, just the authority that he can punish the rim with that burst off of one foot, like, like Russ was able to do back in OKC. I mean, there's just, there's bits and pieces of, of what he can do. I think he's got a, a little bit of John Morant in terms of the body control around the rim. Clearly there's no one-to-one uh, comparison, but those are the, these are the types of players that, that you're looking to get. And this is, mm. this is why he's like the hottest prospect. I can, everyone knows Wimbanyama, San Antonio is not Safe. even taking phone yeah. calls. Yeah. Like Portland is lucky that it, that it was Charlotte, that won the second overall pick because anybody else is taking Scoot Henderson. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I firmly believe that Charlotte may still take Scoot, but Scarlet, there's Charlotte a reason why you're hearing. Scoot. There's a reason you're hearing all of these teams wanting to move up. It's not for Brandon Miller. Mm. It's for Scoot Henderson. Um, all right, Sage, that was a, a, a good breakdown of, of Scoot. That was our final prospect breakdown of this draft cycle i think it's fitting that it was probably our favorite prospect 
Um, one last thing that I will say, if and I'll say this before it even happens. If the Blazers do end up with Scoot Henderson, there is a part of me that is more excited about that than if they were to have landed Victor Wimbanyama. Not all of me, but there is a part of me because there is that fear that did we just Sambui Greg Oden this mm-hmm. I mean, just the bottom line, it's it's like if you wear jerseys and you lose and you're like, those jerseys are cursed and you try to put those jerseys on again. There's there's just some mental gymnastics going on through. You're weird, uh, bud. You're weird. <laughs> that is a very weird thought process. <laughs> it is like I've I remember like I was like, I liked both KD and, and, and Greg, but I thought KD would be the better player. Nothing wrong with taking Greg, but it didn't work out. Now you're taking another seven five guy who's supposedly another generational talent like what if this doesn't work out like right then then you just feel like okay there's there we're never gonna win now right like you mm. get these generational guys and they don't work out i think there's a safety to scoot with still mvp potential um so i would be over the moon if we were to land scoot henderson 